everybody, welcome to this edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, and boy, do we have a fun and special guest today. You know, there are few people that know how Florida works better than Bob Graham. He was the 38th governor of the Sunshine State from 1979 to 1987, serving two terms. He then moved on to Washington to represent Florida as the United States Senate in the United States Senate, I should say, from 1987 to 2005 when he announced that he wanted to retire from elected office. Now, he was part of a profile in the Washington Post in 2003, and in that profile, written by Michael Grunwald, it said that today, Bob Graham is one of the most popular politicians in Florida history. He's known as a successful governor, an excellent consensus builder, a usually nice man for a politician, He's never lost an election. He's never been embroiled in scandal. He's enjoyed the support environmentalists and sugar barons. He's liked by everyone. He was on the short list to become a VP for Michael Dukakis, Bill Clinton, Al Gore. He is Bob Graham, and he will be our guest right after these words from our sponsor, Bittrust IRA. Let me tell you a little bit about my friends at BitTrust IRA, okay? The world of cryptocurrency is both exciting and daunting, okay? It's not a place for rookies. Look, if you don't have cryptocurrency like I do and millions of others, in your existing portfolio, you are making a mistake. But now I know you want to take advantage of Bitcoin, but you don't know how. You want to add Bitcoin to your retirement account. Look, you're always wanting to add diversity to your portfolio, you know, and why not look at innovative investments, right? I'm going to tell you what, my buddies at BitTrust IRA are going to help you do this in a seamless and secure way to add cryptocurrency to your portfolio. Their team handles the entire process. They make it easy, okay? Now, their team becomes your team. They explain everything to you in a step-by-step manner. Very easy, okay? They answer every one of your questions. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to download a free copy of their cryptocurrency IRA investor's guide. That's called the Cryptocurrency IRA investor's guide. It is free, and you can get it at bittrustira.com slash podcast. That's B-I-T-T. R-U-S-T-I-R-A dot com slash podcast. B-I-T-T-R-U-S-T-I-R-A dot com slash podcast. Or if you prefer to call, that's not a problem either. All right, you ready? Here's the numbers. 855-642-8800. That's 855-642-8800. Call the folks at Bidtrust IRA today. You're going to thank me for it. I know you will. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm very excited to talk to Bob Graham. He's, uh, as I said before, one of my favorite people. He's someone I've had the honor and the pleasure of speaking with a number of times when he was governor and when he was a senator. Uh, People, uh, I'll tell you what right now, folks. We need more Bob Grahams in the Senate right at this point in time. And, uh, Senator, I know that you are chomping at the bit to talk about your daughter, and we are going to do that. But 
there are some very interesting things going to be on the ballot in the fall that I know that you want to talk to us about. So why don't we get started with that first? Yes, there are two types of constitutional amendments on the ballot. The first okay. are those that were put uh, on the ballot either by the legislature or by citizen petitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, uh, one of those uh, that was put on the ballot by citizen petition uh, would change the current, I think, very unjust process by which persons who have been convicted of a felony have served their sentence, mm-hmm. served their post-sentence uh, parole or probation, uh, mm-hmm. can get their rights restored. Uh, it, it's almost uh, like going through another trial to be able to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, the constitutional amendment would basically say for crimes other than uh, murder or sexual assault, mm-hmm. that if you if you have served your time, done your post probation, have lived a, uh, a crime free life, that you will get your rights restored uh, administratively and won't have to go through a laborious process. I, that's the way it was when I was governor. Was for both Republican and Democratic governors uh, in the uh, 20th century, and it's only been in the last 10 years that it's been changed to this much more onerous uh, procedure, which has left over a million Floridians uh, without the right to vote, and in many cases without the right to pursue their occupation, because unless you've had your rights restored, for instance, you can't be a barber uh, in Florida, uh, and many other uh, occupations. So well, that's like you... one that I'm... No, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. So that's one I'm very much in favor of. Uh, the Constitutional Revision Commission, which is a once-every-20-year uh, process provided for in the Florida Constitution, uh, has come up with about eight amendments that uh, it uh, is putting on the ballot. Uh, what's the... what's uh, the problem is that they have bundled the provision uh, in a way that forces you to vote for amendments that you think are bad policy in order to vote for those that you think are good policy. As an example, there is an amendment that I strongly support, which would ban offshore uh, drilling in Florida waters. Uh, but that is linked to a medical marijuana uh, amendment that has nothing to do with offshore drilling. And a lot of people are going to find that to be objectionable uh, and uh, will vote against offshore, uh, the all- prohibition on offshore oil drilling. So it's, um, uh, it's, I think the Floridians have been misserved by the Constitutional Revision Commission having wrapped this, uh, miscellaneous measures into the same single vote, and the result is going to be a lot of good ideas will be sunk, and probably a few bad ideas will go into the state constitution. Seems that that is the way of the world these days, unfortunately. Um, you know, you certainly have the the background being uh, appointed by President Obama to chair the BP Oil Spill Commission. 
to know how bad these things can be. And um, I mean, to bundle all that together, uh, just so you can sneak in, you know, an amendment that uh, most people, you know, in the state doesn't want, seems to be, you know, again, playing politics with the better, the best interest of what goes on in the state. Yeah, and, and this is playing politics with the state constitution. Once the right. matter is in the state constitution, that's the uh, supreme law of the land, uh, and uh, state, local government agencies are required to follow that, uh, and it's very difficult uh, to ever get it uh, eliminated. Well, part wouldn't part of the problem be that President Trump's administration through the EPA has you know, deregulated so many things, including the offshore drilling deal. Um, and he's only given Charlie, you know, he's only giving Governor Scott uh, a pass on that because he's running for Senate. Um, otherwise, there'd be offshore drilling uh, off the state of Florida. So that's only now, a matter that, of time. Uh, yeah, uh, President Trump's offshore oil drilling policy is the worst of all worlds for a place like Florida. Uh, first, uh, for the last more than 50 years. Uh, Florida has had a protection against drilling, mm -hmm. both in its state waters and in the federal waters adjacent to Florida. Uh, President Trump is proposing that that long prohibition uh, be broken mm -hmm. uh, and that drilling could occur within approximately 10 miles uh, of the coast of Florida. Mm -hmm. Adding to that, there were many safety regulations adopted after the BP oil spill based on what we learned about the causation of mm -hmm. that tragedy. Uh, and several of those are being proposed to be either eliminated or diluted in their impact. So we will have uh, less safe drilling within 10 miles of the coastline of uh, the Florida Gulf and potentially within three miles of the Atlantic coast. So we're very much opposed to this. Uh, Governor Scott was in favor of offshore oil drilling uh, earlier in his administration, and now maybe having something to do with he's running for the U.S. Senate uh, has come out against uh, offshore drilling. Well, yeah, it was a politically motivated situation to uh, to come out against it just, uh, you know, from that standpoint. But you know, Governor, one of the things that always fascinated me about you when you were governor of the state of Florida was you were well ahead of your time when it came to econ you know, the uh, environment. And you were pushing for solar and wind and all of that back in the 70s. Well, that was, even then, it was clear that uh, we were going to have to move away from our reliance on fossil fuel, that it was going to take a transition uh, the likes of which we haven't known since we shifted from the horse to the automobile as a basic means of transportation, and that we should start as early as possible to make that transition as a smooth and non-disruptive uh, as it could be. Um, we've sort of stalled out on that effort. Uh, the current governor of Florida hasn't even allowed his 
agencies to use the phrase climate change, uh, much less advance any policies that would uh, help to contribute to that transition. Uh, my daughter, Gwen Graham, is running for governor of Florida. Uh, she's a strong supporter of uh, alternative energy, and that'll be a hallmark of her service as governor. We'll get back to her because I'm I'm looking forward to chatting with her very soon. We're not going to let you. We're going to absolutely let you get a chance to talk about Gwen because uh, um, the last time I saw her, she seemed to be uh, around college age back in the day, as the old saying goes. But, uh, <laughs> well, she's but grown up. She has grown up, and now you know, following in the family business. Um, but I wanted to get your take on a couple of things. One, you know, I don't know if it's me or whatever, but there's been in the time that I've covered politics, which goes back to when you and I first met, as I said earlier, at the, uh, you know, when you made a Cuban sandwich for me in Ybor City, uh, all the way through to, uh, to Washington, there seems to be on both a state level and a local level and obviously on a national level, a lack of civility. I mean, in the day, you could easily disagree with someone, but at the end of the day, it was civil. You could learn to do bipartisan work, even though you disagreed on certain points. What has happened to that, that lack of civility? You are absolutely right. Uh, politics has become much more tribal now, and people mm -hmm. are even reluctant to have lunch with uh, someone from the other party for fear that they'll be uh, criticized. Mm -hmm. I think that is stupid and petulant and very destructive to the democratic process, which depends upon people who come from different points of view, understanding other perspectives and working towards a reasonable public interest compromise. Uh, why has this happened? I think the whole country uh, has become more uh, partisan and that and the politics of America are reflecting that reality. I think another uh, reason is that uh, the, uh, the, the advent of, of so much uh, highly partisan media, both in the traditional areas of media, such as uh, television, where now uh, cable channels seem to be almost owned by one party or the other, uh, and the new forms of communication and social media uh, have uh, become much sharper and more divided. Um, True. I Good. hope that we will uh, work through this period and get back to a point that civility uh, is a centerpiece of how we go about our politics. The American people will be much better served when that occurs. Um, amen, sir. Uh, amen to that. Um, you served as the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee when you were in the Senate. Um, I'd like your take on what has happened with the, I mean, these are, these are the secrets of the country. I mean, you were, when you were there, you were in charge of, you know, making sure that, you know, we as a country did not go running around just leaking every little bit of everything. What's your thought on what's going on now 
uh, with the House and the Senate and the Intelligence Committee, uh, both in, you know, in, in Washington on the Hill. The Intelligence Committee serve a, uh, a unique uh, purpose uh, in our democracy. Mm -hmm. Almost every other committee of Congress, the Judiciary Committee, the Transportation Committee, the Environment Committee, uh, have lots of eyes looking at them. They're uh, the public through media interest groups that have a particular concern with the activities of those committees. Lots of lots of, uh, of oversight going on. With the Intelligence Committee, uh, it is singular in that it has virtually no no accountability to the general public because the subjects which which with which it deals are so often uh, classified and not available to the public. So it's a particularly important that there be uh, quality people serving on those committees who are there to carry out their public responsibility, not the political agenda of any party, uh, and that they be as nonpartisan as a political uh, institution can be. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that you're seeing right now the consequences of varying from those principles with the House Intelligence Committee, which has become highly partisan and where its uh, work product is now a has either a Republican or a Democratic stamp on it, and because of that, has relatively less public respect and support. Uh, when I was chairman of the Intelligence Committee of the Senate, we worked hard to avoid that uh, partisanship. Uh, Dick Shelby was the ranking Republican. I was the ranking Democrat. We worked very closely together, and for instance, our final report on 9-11 uh, was widely accepted, and many, if not most of its recommendations have been adopted, and I think the intelligence process is better for that. That's how an intelligence committee ought to function in order to carry out its uh, unique function in the uh, panoply of legislative committees. You know, Governor, uh, one of the most interesting things to me is uh, I've been covering now, uh, as we lead up to 2018, uh, as many of the top uh, congressional races and um, races for governor and Senate and, and even local races. And I am in some regard um, excited because there seems to be on the Democratic side a passion to want to get in there and to want to change the narrative and the way things are done. And um, it's a passion I haven't seen for quite a while. And, and I know that you, uh, and we're going to talk about Gwen here in a moment, but I know that you, sir, uh, had to have been inspired by what happened in Parkland down there in your neck of the woods. Well, I was very inspired. And I, one of the things that I have spent a lot of my uh, time on since uh, I left the Senate, in fact, I am going to a conference on that very subject uh, today, uh, is civic education, the importance of, of uh, citizens in a democracy understanding what their rights and responsibilities are and 
provide them with the skills to use those responsibly and make government respond to their wishes. Uh, I think the, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas students, the way they responded to the tragedy of Valentine's Day uh, is illustrative of what Americans, particularly young Americans, can do uh, if they've had uh, an understanding of their uh, civic rights and responsibilities and they are confident uh, in, the, in their ability to make a difference. And they certainly have made a difference. That and their wonderful ability to understand social media. Um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm concerned that if the people here on the Hill could pass an 11th grade civics test. Um, I'm not so certain that they could. But um, anyway, let's talk about something exciting. And that is uh, you have a member of your family running for the governor of the state of Florida. Um, and not only that, someone who is very skilled and talented. So as a father, please tell me about your daughter, Gwen, who's running for governor. Well, uh, Gwen is a phenomenal young woman. She uh, has, uh, she's been a lawyer, both in the private uh, sector and mm -hmm. for eight years, she was the representative of Leon County uh, School District and therefore got an in-depth education as to the challenges of what she is presenting as her number one issue, which is enhancement of public education in Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, she uh, uh, has uh, uh, run in a very difficult congressional district uh, strongly leaning to the Republican side against a Tea Party incumbent uh, and the one. Uh, she was one of only two Democrats in 2014 to defeat an incumbent Republican. And then she served with great distinction in the House. She was ranked as eight among the 435 members of the House in her ability to work effectively across the aisle to actually get things accomplished, to, to be in the embodiment of that civility uh, that we talked about a few moments ago. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the qualities that she's bringing uh, to her campaign for governor. I think that uh, she uh, will be elected and that she has the ability in office uh, to be an effective uh, governor who understands what she wants to accomplish and is committed to her principles of what what are the values important to Florida, but also brings the ability to work with people who start off from a different place uh, and get something such as a significant improvement in our public schools accomplished. That's an outstanding um, uh, endorsement, sir, from, from you. Um, lastly, what are you into at this point in time? I got to tell you, I've enjoyed a number of your novels. Um, Keys to the Kingdom, I thought, would make a good uh, Netflix uh, series. Uh, some really good well, stuff. Are, are you going back to your writing, or what's going on here uh, as, you're, as you are now in, not retirement stage, but certainly in, in a stage of doing what you want to do at this point? Yeah, I have written four books. Um two of which have gone into a second edition, and I am just finishing my fifth book, which 
which will be a, um, a children's uh, book about the Everglades, which has been a passion of mine. Yeah. When I left cool. the Senate, I tried to think seriously about what I wanted to do with the next stage of my life. I knew that one of the things was to spend a lot of time with my 11 grandchildren, and I have done that. Another uh, was to uh, work in the area of civic education. Uh, mm -hmm. Two of those books that I've written have been on citizen participation, uh, and I have uh, established a center called the Bob Graham Center for Public Service at the University of Florida, which is training the next generation of citizens in our state. Uh, I also uh, have uh, spent a lot of time working on some projects that I've been involved with while I was in the Senate, particularly the follow-up to 9-11, where I think that there is a substantial amount of, of evidence that uh, will clarify who was responsible for 9-11, uh, mm -hmm. but the evidence has thus far been, with a few exceptions, withheld from the American people. So those are some of the things I've been spending my time on, and my wife says I failed at retirement, and I intend <laughs> to continue to fail at retirement. Uh, if only we all could fail at retirement as well as you, sir. That would be uh, that would be outstanding. Again, it's been a pleasure. And, you know, I noticed I, throughout this entire thing, I've called you governor. I apologize for that. I should give you senator. It's a higher position. So, um, you know, you served as both. And as I said before, it, it's been a lot of fun and an honor to, um, to follow you. And more importantly, recently today, to chat with you. It's always a treat, sir. Well, thank you very much, uh, Jim. And I appreciate the chance to talk with you and your audience and hope that we'll have another opportunity. And that uh, the next governor of Florida, Gwen Graham, will uh, have the same chance. The Politically Incorrect Podcast will be back right after these words. Let me tell you a little bit about my friends at BitTrust IRA, okay? The world of cryptocurrency is both exciting and daunting, okay? It's not a place for rookies. Look, if you don't have cryptocurrency like I do and millions of others, in your existing portfolio, you are making a mistake. But now I know you want to take advantage of Bitcoin, but you don't know how. You want to add Bitcoin to your retirement account. Look, you're always wanting to add diversity to your portfolio. You know, and why not look at innovative investments, right? I'm going to tell you what. My buddies at BitTrust IRA are going to help you do this in a seamless and secure way to add cryptocurrency to your portfolio. Their team handles the entire process. They make it easy, okay? Now, their team becomes your team. They explain everything to you in a step-by-step -step manner. Very easy, okay? They answer every one of your questions. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to download a free copy of their cryptocurrency IRA investor's guide. That's called the Cryptocurrency IRA Investor's Guide. It is free, and you can get it at bittrustira.com slash podcast. That's B-I-T-T-R-U-S-T-I-R-A.com slash podcast. B-I-T-T-R-U-S-T-I-R-A.com slash podcast. Or 
If you prefer to call, that's not a problem either. All right, you ready? Here's the numbers. 855-642-8800. That's 855-642-8800. Call the folks at Bid Trust IRA today. You're going to thank me for it. I know you will. Welcome back to the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host. Now, if you have not yet subscribed to the Politically Incorrect Podcast, well, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, it's very simple to do, okay? All you got to do is go to the iTunes store, where we are very pleased to be part of the Apple Podcast family. You can go to Google Play. Go to Blog Talk Radio. You can also find us on the three biggest apps podcast. That's right. You can find us on Stitcher, Spreaker, and of course, the TuneIn app. And we're also very excited to be part of the Amazon. That's, you know, Amazon family of podcasts. That's right. If you own one of the Amazon Echo devices, of course, the ones that you use Alexa to help you as a personal assistant, you all you have to do is say, hey, Alexa, please play the Politically Incorrect Podcast. And guess what? You're going to get the latest edition of the Politically Incorrect Podcast played for you right there on your Amazon device. So seven different places to find the Politically Incorrect Podcast. Please go out there and find it today, okay? Special thanks to our special guest today. Of course, that was Bob Graham, former governor of the state of Florida and, of course, the United States Senator someone who continues, as you heard today, to fight the good fight. So uh, we look forward to talking to uh, him again, and uh, we'll have some more information on what he's up to in our show box right there. Okay, so check it out. Thanks to Bob Graham for joining us. Okay, next week, we're going to be out in the state of California. That's right. Uh, As Horace Greeley once said, go west, young man. Well, we're going west. We're going out to California and find out what's going on out there on the politics side. Hot race out there with Devin Nunez. I know that the Democrats would like to take him out, and uh, they seem to think there's a a good chance. So we'll find out all about California politics next week on the Politically Incorrect podcast. Now, finally, all right, remember, this, ladies and gentlemen, is Mother's Day weekend. So, for you know, take a time, pick up the phone, call your mom. If you're lucky enough to be able to go see your mother, Please go see your mom, take her some flowers, take her some candy, take her out to dinner. If nothing else, just give her a kiss and tell her how much you love her, okay? So special Mother's Day and a special shout out to my mom who's listening to me out there in Western Pennsylvania. Mom, love you and we'll call you tomorrow, okay? All right, everybody. You have a wonderful and safe holiday weekend. Till next week, I'm Jim Williams for the staff right here of the Politically Incorrect Podcast. I wish you a very safe and enjoyable holiday weekend.